Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Amen. I want to just ask, is anybody here that has testimony that you could share with the church tonight and encourage them? Anyone here? Anything recent that's happened in your life? Well, come up here, Brian. Um, oh, wow, that's loud. All right. Uh, I'll actually tell this because I didn't know how not public it was until actually I was um, getting my hair cut by Jen. Um, so I don't know how many people know this or not. Um, so when I first started coming to this church, uh, summer of, man, I guess it was 13. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, love. Um, yeah, it was summer of 13. So all of a sudden, like, uh, within a matter of a couple of months of me coming here, I'd been praying uh, for a new church. Uh, the church I was at, I'd kind of reached a dead end. I, I knew I couldn't uh, become a member there, some fundamental differences. And so I was really asking God for a new church. Found this one, praise God. Um, and uh, started coming here and, you know, the message of victory and overcoming. And then within a matter of a couple of months, a strange thing happened. I couldn't walk in my right leg just one day. Um, and uh, started trying to put weight on it, couldn't put weight on it, and um, just, it was like taking me 15, 20, 30 minutes to, to adjust to the pain in my right leg to be able to, to walk. And so I was walking with a limp for about three, three months, four months. Um, I, I got health insurance, and whenever I got health insurance, we, we took a couple of MRIs, and the MRIs showed that I had a hole, um, a giant hole in the right hip, just a, a hole in my bone. Um, and that was causing the pain. Um, and because of the immune deficiency that I was born with, RAs, something that I've had to combat my entire life, which basically means my immune system eats away at my, my joints, tissues, bones, things like that. So, I mean, this was, this was not a, a tremendous surprise. Um, but just through a lot of declaring and believing and walking and, you know, not allowing the pain to stop, you know, just I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to keep standing and declaring and saying, um, Anytime there was a call for, for prayer healing, I was up here getting hands laid on, you know, and just every opportunity to receive from God. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to declare it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to believe it. I'm just going to literally walk it out. Uh, and um, I, I don't have a confirming x-ray, but I can guarantee you there's no hole there today. And there hasn't been pain for a year, year and a half. And it's just, it's just not there. Like, I just know it's not there. So... It's just not an issue. So, yeah, there's one. Well, and two, and I think not only just by being here and hearing these great messages that come out every week. Um, <laughs> it took a lot of faith for you to actually believe that you could overcome the heart of Jonna Allen. Amen. And if you can win her <laughs> to marry her, you can be healed of anything, man. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody else? Come up here, Greg. Hello. <clears throat> so many of y'all know that I had uh, an emergency surgery back in July. Had uh, some lower right quadrant pains. And lo and behold, I went into the ER on a Wednesday. I think it was like July 2nd. But... Uh, about 11 o'clock that evening, well, 2 o'clock in the morning, they confirmed I had uh, acute appendicitis. 
So I'm like, oh, great. I don't have a choice. Them. I mean, <laughs> surgery, you know. So they scheduled it at 8 a.m. that morning. And had a pretty big bill. I had insurance. And so whenever I started to, to get the, the bills, I called uh, Baylor McKinney. And I was like, look, I know I owe you all some money, but I don't have $3,500. It was right under $3,500. $3, said, I want to do the right thing and take care of this. So can we negotiate a cash rate? Maybe I can get money from my family or whatever and settle this up front or make payment arrangements or whatever. And they're like, well, we don't really negotiate rates. I'm like, okay. So, but they said, well, we have a group of people who contribute money to help cover costs, healthcare costs for people who they approve. So they asked, I was like, okay, well, I can at least give it a shot. So they asked, asked me many questions, and then they asked, well, are you employed? I'm like, yes. And they're like, how much do you make? Not that I made a ton of money, but, you know, I did all right. And I just knew, I mean, it, I told them everything truthfully. And I was like, okay, well, this is over. So they're like, okay, we'll push this through. Generally takes about 30 days, but if you want to call back in a couple weeks, you can. You can follow up. So I can remember taking a break at work, and I was sitting in this little courtyard area, and I called them. And uh, she, she's like, well, she was kind of confused. Cause she's like, well, why, why are you calling? Sir, your, your balance is zero. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, this was, this was done almost, almost two weeks ago. And I was just like, wow. I mean, I literally almost had a tear in my eye because I've never in my life had something like that happened to me. And just to elaborate, a couple weeks prior to that, I had made some adjustments to my way of thinking. And I'll just say that it deals with tithing. I'm not going to elaborate any more than that. But I had... Um, Okay, I'm going to elaborate because I think this is important for everyone to know. Okay, I've always believed in tithing, but I've had four or five pretty rough years. So I've given what I could, but I wanted to give more. And it's one of those things where I was believing more in myself and not so much God. And I'm kind of ashamed whenever I speak that in front of my church family. But... Uh, that's that's what it was. I live in the flesh, and you know it's it's a battle that we all have to deal with. That won't, you know. But um, so, anyways, God had. I can't say all my heart, but He had the majority of it. And um, there's this saying that I'm sure that we've all heard that to get a different result when you do the same thing is the definition of insanity. So I was thinking, and it was actually shortly after the prophetic conference, there was just a couple different things that were just culminating in my mind, and I just had this revelation. It's like, Greg, what am I doing? I'm going about this all the wrong way. And I can honestly say, I just, God really owns my whole heart. He owns my whole heart. 
and it feels so good. It really does because he really does. He really had the majority of my heart. But, you know, at times it's scary. And I'm just being honest. It's scary whenever you look at your finances and, you know, I was scared. And uh, but I'm not scared anymore. Now I just it, it, I don't even look at my finances anymore. I just look at what comes in and I make I make the adjustment and just believe that things are going to be taken care of. So I didn't really know exactly what I was going to say and I wasn't really planning on this. So I hope I didn't I hope I didn't. You know, I know that tithing's it's a pretty personal thing, and uh, but you know, just just know that that God, man, He just loves us. He loves us, and He loves me, and He cares for me and my family, and He knows what we need, and He's gonna take care of us. And so, I mean, you know, if there's any struggles that y'all have, I mean, just know that God's gonna take care of you. He took care of me, and I mean, just. I just think that it was significant that I went ahead and went to the time because it was just two weeks prior that I made that decision. And then two weeks later, almost a $3,500 debt was wiped clean. That's favor. That's favor. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to take so much time. That's good. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for your honesty. You probably need to understand that that helps people more than anything because it's real. Our struggles are real. appreciate you sharing that. Not only the struggle, but you also saw the victory when you pushed through. Yeah, it's wonderful. Great. Thank you guys for sharing your victories tonight. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the final chapter of Romans. We will conclude this book tonight. Because I am chomping at the bit to start up next week. Um, we're going to, over the next few weeks, uh, on Wednesday nights, to walk through myths of the Bible. And we're going to debunk common myths of the Bible. All right, common beliefs that are not true, but have been taught and believed as true for years and years and years. So uh, we're going to have a great time doing that. But tonight, <clears throat> we come to the last chapter, and when you've, if you've ever read Romans 16, more than likely you spent a little bit of time skipping through verses. You know the genealogy verses, right? Everybody has gotten to that chapter when they made a commitment I'm going to read the entire Bible this year, right? Until that first list. Then you get there and you go, okay. Either you just shut the book and give up or skip that chapter because you can just get bogged down in those things. Lists are just kind of boring and you come to Romans chapter 16 and you find another list of names. Most of them you can't pronounce. They don't have Bill, George, or Ralph. It's Eponidas, Aristarchus, Tryphena, Tryphona. Who are these people? Where do they get these names? But they're important. 
They're important. They're important. Think about how just mundane names are. When we, when, uh, we have the George, the Washington Monument. We have the Thomas Jefferson uh, Memorial and, and uh, the uh, Abraham Lincoln Memorial. Anybody ever been to Washington, D.C. to see these great sites? Amazing. But when they unveiled the Vietnam Memorial, the wall, so many people complained and said, that's a boring memorial. It's just a list of names. But if you've ever seen, if you've ever been there, you see that people are not bored with that monument at all. You see them running their fingers along the names looking for a certain name, a son, a grandfather, a nephew, a niece, some, some name that is significant to them. Uh, others, it might not mean anything, but to some, it means everything. Names. How many of you like going to graduation ceremonies when they get to where they're calling the names out? Aren't those just so fun? Right? But everybody is there in that building to hear a certain name, aren't they? To everyone there, it's important. They're waiting for that moment to hear that name because that name represents a person that they love dearly, that they appreciate that they hold in high esteem, that they're celebrating. They're graduating from one thing and commencing to another. And Paul brings us down to this final chapter in Romans after all the marvelous things that we've walked through in this, in this book. And I want to encourage you, you can always go back through this because we have our podcast up of all, all of this series. And so you can jump into it anytime and just refresh uh, yourself in the Word and in this marvelous book. So much great theology in this book and um, ex explanation of the gospel. And, but he comes here and, and he opens up with this. I commend you to Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sancria, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you, for indeed she has been a helper of many and of myself also. The first person he commends is this lady named Phoebe, who uh, historians say was a deacon or deaconess in the church. And uh, more than likely, Phoebe was the one who brought this letter to Rome from Paul. All right? So she comes with this letter. They open it up. And, he, and the first thing he says, he talks about Phoebe and her great work in the, in the, in the church. And uh, she lived her life. Uh, manner, um, in a manner worthy of the, of the saints. And so he said, help her whatever she has need of. And then he says, greet Priscilla. The next person he greets is another woman. Isn't this awesome? This has got to go, I just love this, because you see the transformation in Paul's life, because Pharisees did not acknowledge women. I mean, for the most part, they just didn't acknowledge them. And one of their prayers, and I've talked to you about this before, one of their prayers to this day is, first of all, they thank God that they are who they are, and then they thank God for who they are not. And one of those things they're thankful for is that they're not a woman. They're not a Gentile. They're not a slave. They thank God that they are none of those things, a woman being in that list. So isn't it awesome that now, by the grace of God, the first two people in this greeting are women. Yeah. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. Aquila being the husband, but his name most of the time is mentioned second. 
my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. Now, I believe what he's talking about here is that when they were in Corinth, they had to flee over here to Rome because uh, Claudius um, had gone after, I mean after, uh, the, the Christians and, and, and commanded them to, to be excommunicated or they would die. So they were running for their lives, and they come eventually here. This is an awesome thought, that they get over here and, and are doing anything they could for Paul. Paul meets up with them, and they have the, the same job. They're all tent makers by trade. So apparently, sometime, we don't know if, if he led them to the Lord exactly, but it seemed like they became his disciples along the way. But they got so well-versed in the Word that, remember when they met Apollos? I believe it was in uh, Acts 17, 18, they met Apollos, who was strong in the Word, but then they connected Jesus to him. I mean, he knew a lot about the law and those things, and so they said, and the Scripture says they taught him a better thing about the Scriptures, and Apollos then excelled even more because Jesus was, was the piece he was missing. And so uh, he says to greet them who risked their own lives, their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So they traveled with him a lot and laid down their lives uh, for the gospel with Paul. Verse 5, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet by my beloved, here he is, Epinetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. The first fruits of Achaia. Remember where Achaia was? The, the region of Achaia? Corinth being the, uh, the capital city in the region of Achaia. And he says that, in, that there, that this guy was the first fruit, the first believer. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. There's some dispute of who Mary is. Uh, some believe that she wasn't any of the Marys mentioned before. But there are others who note that she's probably John Mark's mother because, because Paul had a lot of dealings with Mary. If you remember, it was at Mary's house, actually. John Mark's mom, not, not Mary, the mother of Jesus. But John Mark's mother, that Paul and Barnabas were at her house the night Peter got out of prison, got let out of prison by the angel and showed up and was knocking on the door. And the servant girl named Rhoda came to the door. You remember that story? And, and, and uh, she didn't believe it was Peter, you know. Uh, Peter saying, hello. And so she runs in the house. It's Peter. Actually, she said it's Peter, but she forgot to open the gate out of her excitement. And so everybody is in the house praying, Paul and Barnabas being in that house. And they said, no, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not Peter. It's a ghost. They, they were quicker to believe it was a ghost than that it was Peter. It's his ghost. What does that even mean? All right. So then, then finally Peter keeps on knocking on the gate, let me in. So they finally let him in. They're all rejoiced. Well, Paul and Silas were there, and that was Mary's house. So there's a good chance that that was that same Mary. Verse 7, greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and how would you say this one, Brian? Stachus, 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 Stachus. I reckon he likes pancakes. <laughs> Stachus, my beloved. I think it's so cool that Urbanus and Stachus are mentioned there together because their names mean quite the opposite. Urbanus means of the city, city boy. Stachus means ear of corn. Meet the city, uh, greet the city boy and the country boy. Greet Apollos, approved in Christ. How many of you would like to have that said of you? Greet Stephen Pilate, approved of Christ. Greet Quan, 
approved of Christ. Jackie, even more approved of Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Now, that when he says countrymen, that means my, my relatives. So three of these people that he mentions here are blood relatives to Paul. And, and the first two that he mentioned, the husband and wife, uh, Andronicus and Junia, were in prison with him as well. Uh, greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet, there it is, Tryphena and Tryphosa. I'm assuming they, they had to have been twin sisters, right? <laughs> who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much. What's, what's the common theme here with these people? They all work. They all labor in the Lord. They're all faithful. They're all, they're all committed to the house of God. They're committed to the gospel of God. They're committed to this man, Paul, uh, and committed to the church. Labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus. Hey, there's a name that we can recognize. Rufus, chosen and the Lord and his mother and mine. I want to stop right there for a moment and jump over to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and verse um, 21. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. It was Rufus's father who carried Jesus' cross. Isn't that awesome? Now Paul is personal friends with him and apparently... His Rufus mother has also adopted Paul somewhat as her son. Uh, greet, I got a case of the Asyncritus. <laughs> I should have practiced these for a little bit. Come on, Brian, help me here. Flagon. Thank you. Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, twin brothers maybe, and the brethren who are with them. Greet Philologus, isn't that awesome? And Julia, Nereus and, her, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. So Paul mentions by name 27 individual people, 27 different people, besides all the brethren he says to mention, and the church that's in their house, and all these other people, he makes sure to know. And some of these people, you only see them here in this chapter. We don't even know any their story. All we know is that Paul thinks a lot of these people, that he makes sure that they all get greeted and they all get uh, touched by uh, one, and this is how they get greeted. Verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. A lot of kissing in the scriptures. Maybe sometime we'll do. A, I'll do a whole message on kissing. That'll be fun. The churches of Christ greet this. So that's that's probably comparable to our hug today. But how many of you think we should just go back to the kissing? I didn't think so. I didn't. Oh, did I get a volunteer over here? Mary Beth. Well, Mary Beth's going to come around and kiss you. Don't be don't be alarmed. This is very biblical. Go ahead. Just just take off, Mary Beth. Now, <laughs> Now listen to his last thing here as he's, as he's finishing up. Now I urge you, brethren, note those. Note those. Or the King James Version says, mark those who cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to what? The doctrine which you learned and avoid them. 
all right? So he's saying, one thing, don't be influenced by them, by avoiding them, but also avoid disputing. Because here's the thing, you're not going to win the argument with the guy who doesn't want to learn anything. You're just not going to win that. The, the Proverbs says, don't, don't lower yourself to the level of the fool's talk. All right? That only brings you down. Don't waste your time doing it. For those, listen, who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the sinner. We've talked much about these, these guys, and these are the guys who are trying to make you perform in your relationship with God. It's false teachers. It's those who believe that, that salvation by grace through faith is not everything. They're the same guys who accuse people who preach grace as being greasy grace preachers, whatever that even means. And then um, they're the same guys who hate the simplicity of the gospel. They don't like that it's that simple. They just, they, so they say things like, believing's not everything. Believing's not everything? Say, just because you said Lord doesn't mean anything. It's, it's more than that. Really? You just said believing's not everything. I've heard it. This said so many times. Believing's not everything. Saying Lord's not everything. But the Apostle Paul said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. How do you argue with that? How do you come to some other conclusion that believing and saying, confessing Jesus is Lord isn't everything? It is everything. Oh, man. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Wise in what is good. What's good? The gospel is good. God is good. Amen. And all the gifts of the Spirit are good. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, uh, Matthew 7 verse 7. It says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. And then he says, and then he goes into an illustration. But what son, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a scorpion? Or an egg, will you give him a scorpion or a serpent? And then he says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things or good gifts to those who ask? But then over in Luke's account, Luke chapter 11 goes basically through the same thing, but this time Luke translates it a little different. It says, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Because when you get the Holy Spirit, you get every good thing from God. That's what He is there to do for you. He's there, as according to 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of the gifts from God to you. All right? He's there to show you all the good stuff. All right, so be, be wise in those things. Get, get your knowledge, your heart, and your mind, and your life, and your mouth full of the good things and be simple concerning evil. That is, I don't know enough about legalism to even know anything about it. Oh, boy, wouldn't that be refreshing? Or false doctrine or sin or any of that garbage. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. <laughs> Huh. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. 21, Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and poor guy, Sosipater, my countrymen, greet you. I, teenage mutant ninja Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greet you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greet you. And Quartus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I love this. It's like he cannot stop this letter. He will not. He says, okay, the grace of the Lord, amen. And he goes, oh, well, by the way, P.S., uh, and then and he says, grace of the Lord be with you all. Amen. Uh, oh, yeah, one more thing. Now to him who is able to establish you according to what? I love this. Don't you love the, Paul's ownership of this? He's able to establish you according to my gospel. How many of you think it's important to know what Paul's gospel is then? Mm-hmm. This is where we need to live. This is where we need to live. We need to live in the letters of Paul. There's You'll have so much better understanding of the Bible if you get the revelation that God gave to Paul because the revelation God gave to Paul was to give to you. We wouldn't know anything about Jesus at all or anything of the concern of the gospel if it had not been for this Paul, Saul, formerly Saul of Tarsus. Amen. So he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation, and this is how it's going to come. This is what he's saying. He's going to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. What is the mystery he's talking about? I'm glad you asked. Go over to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, and we're going to read chapter, start in chapter 3, verse 1. Thank you, Jeff. Back there at the computer, we're going on the fly together. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me for you. Did you see it? The dispensation of the grace of God given to me for you. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ. How? Through the gospel. We get into the family too. We get all the benefits of this covenant through the gospel. Wow. Now, then he goes into uh, why he did that, just because it, was, it gave him pleasure. It gave God pleasure to do this. Uh, so now, I want to go to one more scripture here before we go back to Romans to finish it up. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, verse 24, we'll start in 24, Colossians 1, 24. And I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, 25. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, 26. The mystery 
which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among who? Might as well say me. Which is Christ, Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the mystery that was locked away in the heart of God. It was, it was concealed uh, uh, from, from others for ages and ages and ages until God decided, now it's time. Now it's time. And somewhere between the book, uh, the, somewhere between the time Jesus Christ rose from the dead until we get over to Acts chapter 10, Jesus asked his father the important question. Because when he told the disciples, when he was about to go to heaven, when he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, they did not know that he was talking about Gentiles. Matter of fact, that revelation had not been given to them yet. When he said go into all the world, in their minds, that meant all the Jewish world. That's as far as it went. Because they heard Jesus say, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right? It's not good that I take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. They heard him say that too. I came to seek and save that which was lost. And he's talking about his own people. So they knew. So when he said go in all the world, that just means you know, wherever there's a Jew. And somewhere between Christ rising from the dead and ascending up into heaven and to Acts chapter 10, somewhere along the way, I believe Jesus asked the Father a question. And it's a question found in the book of Psalms where the Father is talking to the Son and he says, ask of me. And I'll give the nations as an inheritance. I will give you the nations as an inheritance. See, it wasn't God talking to you, the church. The church takes it and acts like that belongs, that verse is to us. No, it was the Father to the Son. And it does belong to us because we're his body in the earth for the church. But it's really the Father talking to the Son. Ask of me. I'll give you the nations as an inheritance. Because you earned every soul of man. By your blood, you purchased all of them. Somewhere Jesus asked his father, I want the nations. And then this guy Cornelius started getting on God's mind. And the rest is history. We know the gospel is opened up to everybody. And it, that mystery that was hidden throughout the ages now has been revealed. Christ in you. Christ in you Gentiles is what he's saying. The hope of glory. Hallelujah. So this is why Paul is saying, now you're, this, my gospel is able to establish you in the preaching of Jesus Christ according to your understanding. Listen to me, according to you really getting this in you, it's Christ in me. It's Christ in me. Because if you don't keep that revelation, you're going to think you're here and God's there. And, 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 and you need to line up with whatever God needs you to do. Right? No, he's in you. Wherever you go, Christ in you. He's going. Amen. Get up in the morning, thank God for that. Open your mouth and say, it's Christ in me today. It's Christ in me today. Where I go, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. God is in me. God is with me. God is for me. All right? Keep that revelation because as you do, you'll become more established in the gospel itself. It won't be a thing of I need to do this or I should do that. No, it'll be the fruit of that revelation, Christ in me. And because he's in me, I'm going to be like him. He's influencing my life. 
He's influencing what I say. He's influencing my attitude. Come on, can I get a good shout amen from the teenagers? He's influencing my attitude. Yeah. Need a good amen over there. Especially my daughters. Amen. All right. Let's... I'm just kidding, my sweet girls. I love you very much. According to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations. Wow. According to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to faith. Did you see that? Obedience to faith. Obedience to faith. We don't have the luxury of getting out of faith. We don't have the luxury of doubting. No, we obey faith. <laughs> don't stop believing. Don't be a disobedient heathen. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Obedience to faith. Obedience to faith. Remember what, the, what Paul said in, in Romans chapter 10? He said, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. He's actually quoting Isaiah, who bring glad tidings of good things. And then he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? To obey the gospel is to believe the gospel. Amen. Obedience to faith. To God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Is it okay if I do this? A uh, little switcheroo and give you some funny at the end of the message tonight? Yeah. It's funny to me, so just bear with me. In the room, the curtains were drawn. The rest of the furniture was real. I think my friend Carl will appreciate this one. He had a sore back. That's why he was acting so discourteous. This bald spot just appeared out of thin hair. <laughs> Pediatricians tend to have very little patience. <laughs> I love Chinese food as much as the next guy, but you'll never convince me a chicken fried this rice. <laughs> that guy from McDonald's drive through gives me the shakes. I don't trust these stairs because they're always up to something. My friend's bakery burned down last night. Now his business is toast. <laughs> Yesterday, I accidentally swallowed some food coloring. The doctor says I'm okay, but I feel like I died a little inside. When the cannibal showed up late for the luncheon, they gave him the cold shoulder. Something inside of me is saying, you should have stopped a long time ago. <laughs> and lastly, finally, at the end, when the butcher backed into the meat grinder, uh, he got a little behind in his work. <laughs> All right, we need to pray right now. Let's stand together. Father, we love you and we do thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your great grace that has come to us. We thank you for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. 
and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We thank you, Lord, that as we begin in faith in you, as Paul said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So we received you by faith that, day, that, first day, that first time we invited you to come into our life, the day we confessed Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. We believed in our hearts that God raised you from the dead. It was at that moment, Lord, that moment of faith, everything changed for us. And we understand that if it changed in the beginning like that, it changes as we walk by faith. Our circumstances do not dictate our decisions. Our faith in God will dictate our decisions in life. Hallelujah. Because faith is more absolute than absolutes. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Father, I thank you that you give your people wisdom from on high. You give it liberally to those who will ask in faith. And, Lord, there are some here tonight who need Heaven's wisdom. They need wisdom from you tonight. They're in a situation, God, where they can't seem to see their way out or through. They can't see the solution. I thank you for showing it to them by your Spirit. You know the answer. You are the answer. You're the way. You're the truth. You're the life. I thank you for being a very present help right now in time of need. Thank you for a breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Right now. A simple solution. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for your power being demonstrated. Your power being demonstrated. We need your power. Lord, we love your gospel. We also, we need it, but we also need the demonstration of that gospel. We need the power of it revealed in healing and signs and wonders and miracles. We need it in our lives. And we thank you that you give it to us freely because you love us. Because you have chosen to give us grace. Unerited, unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor from God. Thank you for that. Bless your people now as they go tonight. I thank you, Lord, that they will both lie down tonight in peace and sleep. For you alone, O oh Lord, make them dwell in safety. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. They go with the favor of God surrounding them as with a shield. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.